episode of the Habibis. Three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I am your host for this week, Osama Dorias. And I am Fauzi Mazmar. How are you doing, Fauzi? I'm all right, thanks. Uh, I liked your hesitation before three. Yeah, yeah. I was like, not Arab game developers. It's game developers. The tea is Arab. <laughs> this time we're going to get it right. That was the plan. Yeah, exactly. We're missing Rami again this time. He's probably in an yeah. airplane somewhere. Either he's flying <laughs> it or someone's flying him, one or the other. That's good. That's good. Or, he's or maybe in a destiny, destiny raid. <laughs> Rami is back in his natural habitat. In the air. <laughs> Pretty much. He has to open up his site again. What was it called? Where the world is Rami or something like that? It's Rami in the Netherlands, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, 99% of the time. It, it was, uh, yeah. He yeah. was, uh, what is it, like, you know, traveling 300 uh, days of the year, usually. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. <laughs> incredible. I bet you he's in the 1% of the world of people who travel. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. kind of a surprise that people in airports don't recognize him. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he still gets randomly checked still. Like he should, oh, no. should be part of the family in most they, airports by now. Exactly. They should just give him a uniform. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does have a uniform. It's a leather jacket that That's he wears it regardless of the season. That's true. And, and aviator glasses. <laughs> Cool. How you been, Osama? I've I've been great. I did a thing, a big thing, a huge oh, thing. Yeah, a huge thing. A huge. Don't thing. tell me what. Don't tell me you finished Elden Ring. I finished Elden Ring. Oh my God! You got the claim to fame. You were yes. you were saying you've never finished a Souls game before. I I don't think I've ever beaten more than one boss in a Souls game before. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm sure I have it. The, the only Souls game that I've beaten a, a, a legitimate boss was Demon Souls. I, I wow. beat the first boss and I got stuck on uh, like uh, the second, and that's it. This 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 is the game that made me break that streak. Um, that's amazing, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, like, I feel so happy and fulfilled. You know what's the first thing I did when I beat the mm-hmm. game? I started New Game yeah. Plus. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, instantly. It really like, got the, got its hooks on you. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think I'm going to finish it again. Actually, I already put it uh, aside. But, like, when I play, started New Game Plus, I, wa- I was more curious. That was when the game designer and me kicked in. I wanted to see yeah. how hard New Game Plus is, what you carry over with you. Like, it was more like for studying it. I wanted to see what their New Game Plus offered. Um, yeah. And it was very interesting. For me, my experience, New Game Plus is easy mode. Like, I yeah. legitimately beeline to the first, like, five or six bosses that I could remember, one after the other, and defeated them all on my first try. In most cases, uh-huh. without taking a single hit. Because I remembered their their patterns. Nice. Yeah. The muscle memory is like working. Yes, exactly. But like, it's not it's not just that I got better because like I did get better. I didn't get hit, but also the stats that you carry over with you, uh, they, it makes them trivial. Like one of one of the bosses normally has two phases, right? Um, yeah. Not complete phases. Not a health bar comes back, and you know it's a different boss phase. But more like something happens in between, right? Um, mm-hmm. I killed that boss without seeing its second phase because I was just doing so much damage. So I wow. dropped the boss to the ground and hit, 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 and that's it. The second phase just never happened. Wow. Yeah. 
It's cool. It's cool that you can still do that. That it's not scripted to that uh, level. Yeah, I, mean, I think most bosses are, but the, this one particular one, which I'm not gonna say for spoiler reasons, wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it doesn't get back up if I keep hitting it. I guess I'll keep hitting it, and it was over. And the the only reason I stopped playing new games, because like, I was just going on a on a rampage, like one boss mm-hmm. and the next and the next, is I got to a point where I'm like, wait, I don't remember what to do next. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I guess I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to go like look for a guide or wander around because that wasn't like why I was playing it. But yeah. if you want to play easy mode? There is an easy mode. All you have to do mm-hmm. is beat the it's game. Finish the game. <laughs> spend <laughs> spend a couple hundred hours, finish the game, exactly. <laughs> then but, start all over again. But just it just goes to show that the game was still fun on easy mode. I, I still uh, had a good time. Just say. I heard from a lot of people that finished it that uh once they started doing the new game plus. They still discovered new things. Yeah, I did too. Right away. Yeah. Like, right away. It didn't away. even take me long. I was like, at one point, I'm like, ah, I think this is the way to, to, to this place. And I like, I went in that direction and I just discovered a new cave I had never seen before. And wow. like with a new boss at the end of it that I had never seen before. I'm like, what the, how is this possible? Uh, <laughs> there was also an area where just on the side the, where I looked down and I'm like, I don't think I've been there. But I'm pretty sure I looked down here before. I just never found a way down there. Let me try to find a way now that I don't have to be scared of, of mobs as much as before. And I just like <laughs> circled, circled, circled around. And yep, there was like a scary um, like dragon or something that was like that I noped away from in the path <laughs> of that new area. Now I just like killed the dragon, went down there and, you know, I found a whole village of um one particular type of npc that i had missed completely the first time around i didn't know that it existed wow yeah and i was like oh, okay cool because it's one it's one of the enemy npcs that you only see usually as enemies but in this village they're all friendly and you get to talk to them and i'm like what is this this is like special content like completely missable and i had missed it completely so i'm sure if i kept playing that'll keep happening it's just the game is massive 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 so uh yeah what I, I, that's why I said I, I put it down for now. I didn't say I, I stopped it. I might actually go back and keep playing it if the urge, uh, you know, comes back. What's interesting crazy. is uh, I picked up Horizon again because ah. if you remember, I had played Horizon. I got about a quarter yes. of the way through, and then Elden Ring got its hooks in me, and I couldn't go back to it. I picked yep. it up again, and in the beginning, there was a little bit of struggle because it's so different, you know, and that's normal. Mm. That happens every time you switch uh, games that are very different to me, at least. Um, I kept pressing the wrong buttons and, you know, like I had to like remember what the story was and where I was, that kind of thing. But once I got over that, I beat another quarter of it. So I'm about halfway through the game. Okay. And, yeah. I'm really liking it. It's a really good game. And I did the thing that I, I try not to do, but I can't help where I'm comparing the two most recent games that I played, even though they're mm-hmm. very different and it's really not fair to, to either of them to do that. Um, but I can't, you can't help it, right? You just yeah. fresh off of one that you spent a lot of time in and now you're fully immersed in the, in, the, in the second one. And the way, like the most notable thing that I took away from it, because there's many, there are many, many differences. They're not the similar type of game, really. Uh, other than being open world and maybe RPG, like, loosely loose definition of what rpg is there's not that much in common um and yet i i like the biggest thing that i noticed is the design of the open world where even though that's not 
really the case in, in Horizon. What it feels like, it's a series of interconnected tunnels, like interconnected corridors. Mm-hmm. Because it's like path with trees on the side. It's not the case because you could, in many cases, like run through the trees and cross over to another path, right? But there are yeah. it's constant streams of water with bridges across them or mountains that you have to scale. Like there, are, it feels more like a a tapestry of of routes that you can take, uh, and the, and you ca- you have a very good idea of which one is the one that you need to take to go to your objectives. While Elden Ring is more of a, of the Breath of the Wild like vision of open world, where it's m- like many areas that are flat, and then there are pl- parts that are not flat that separates them from other flat areas, and you're free to go pretty much wherever you, you want. And this is not a value statement of this is better and this is worse, but that dramatic difference between the two like philosophies of open world is the thing that took like took me the most to get used to when I switched from one to the other and then back again, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd imagine that I would have the same. It's kind of you know like difficult when you go from almost complete like <laughs> in an odd way. What you're describing kind of sounds how I felt because uh, something similar happened in 2017 when I dropped off uh, the original Horizon mm-hmm. to play uh, Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Skyward Sword, sorry, Breath of the Wild. What am I saying? Yes, yes. Uh, to play Breath of the Wild, and then like after I spent 120 hours or something like that, the Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, one of my favorite games ever. Me too. Then I came back to Horizon again, and I got the same feeling. It felt yeah. like a lot of interconnected tunnels. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's it's kind of difficult not to feel that when like there was a game in which like any mountain here you can climb literally, yeah. Yeah. and uh, the, you could probably find something even at the top of it. Um, then you go back to a different kind of game. Like it's not it's no it's nothing against any of the games it's just like how they're designed the, the other games that it's, it's designed to guide you towards a very specific path mm-hmm. but i guess right. at this point at this point i have a preference you yes. know what i mean like yes. as as a player i um i enjoy the the more guided sequential design experience but i i enjoy more the more systematic experience in which like here's the game systems the more i understand them the more i get to know the game better and the more i interact with it better and I, understanding them and experimenting and i have freedom of choice and tackling different issues in many ways and all of that i think that's like you know my preferred type of game to play mm-hmm. I, I this is the funny thing is i think generally i agree with you like i spend a ridiculous amount of hours in, in Breath of the Wild. I think I, I clocked in at 200 hours because I beat it and then I started mm. in master mode, the hard mode, and I beat it again. Um, yeah. And Elden Ring, I'm on my way to doing that possibly. Like, you know, I definitely spent like 100 and whatever, 30 hours, 40 hours on the first playthrough and I and, and maybe another 10 on the second so far. Uh, I didn't replay Horizon, the first one. And this one, I like, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I expect unless something happens, I expect that I'm going to finish it. It's not that like the open world isn't, isn't my favorite part of it. Right. I like other things about mm. it a lot more, but <clears throat> this is, um, if you take the Arkham series, my favorite Arkham game is Arkham Asylum, which is actually the yeah. more guided one. That's and, true. and the other ones I like a lot, like Ar- Arkham city, for example, but I felt 
that the openness of it didn't add to what the game was like or, or mm. what I was looking for in the game. So I don't think it's a one to one for me. In some cases, I, I do prefer a more guided approach. And for me, for Batman specifically, because Arkham Asylum was a Metroidvania. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it was a small area. You become intimate with it. And then you come back to it and it changes based on whatever you learned or whatever you gained. Mm-hmm. Well, when they switched it to Arkham City, it felt like they took that same formula, broke it up in little pieces, put it in an open world and spread it across where you had to now navigate between areas to get there. Mm-hmm. And there were other things that you could discover, you know, other like there, there were other things that happened in the open world. But that main gameplay that I was looking for out of that game. It, it didn't fit the open world as much. Uh, not bad. Like I'm, I'm being critical here, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they did this. Just, I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm talking about personal preference. My personal preference yeah. is, you know, like I preferred the smaller arenas for the type of gameplay that yep. uh, that, that it gave. So I don't think it's a one-to-one, or, or rather I think there are more things to, to keep into consideration um, because Arkham City was more or less similar in, in in its openness. It wasn't a series of corridors because you could just go over everything and just like that was the preferred method of travel was just to go over uh, the entire city and just fly around. Right? Th- th- that's that's traversal between the different sections of the game. However, once a mission is started, it is still a very guided experience. True. You know what I mean? So like I think um, what I meant to say is not necessarily adding an open world or not. Like there could be not an open world at all, but um, the approach to uh, the approach to the game itself uh, is open. So like for example, um, the Phantom Pain is an open world game, yeah. but how you approach the mission is completely open. Yeah. So there's there's multiple ways to finish the mission because the the all the objectives of the mission, they are in motion at the same time as when the mission started. So you can bypass three sub-objectives and go directly to the end objective and you can complete it. Yeah. Whereas if you're playing a game like Arkham City or GTA, you have mm-hmm. to go through the sequence of events to get exactly. to the conclusion of the mission. And um, that is the distinction that I was making in the, uh, what I like. It's not necessarily an open world at all. I see it's what that, you mean. Um, is that um, the approach to problem solving is kind of like there's the there's the two ways there's a multiple systems and then you can get creative in mixing these systems mm-hmm. into uh, facing the problem that the designer is putting in front of you, mm-hmm. or there is a set of steps that you need to take and you need to follow the steps that the designer has set in front of you. Yes. Um, to get to the conclusion of that mission. Yeah. Well, when and, you put it that uh, way, then I 100 percent agree with you. My preference is the, the more open systems. I, I didn't catch the system part. I missed what your mm. what your thesis was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not it's not necessarily the open world because an open world is a way of representing a game world. But like um, this, this war of mine is not an open world in a standard definition of an open world, mm-hmm. but it's it's still open systematically for you to uh, face the issues that you're or problems that your character is facing in any way you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you just like you just uh, use the systems in the way that the game provides with you, and then you can solve the solutions or not solve the solutions. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. uh, the sword of mine even takes it a step further in terms of like the the narrative is also told by your own actions. Yeah. So the, in some way, there's a bit of a system going into the the story that you will have as a player, and that makes it even more interesting for me. Yeah, it's just so, emergent storytelling all the way down. Exactly, exactly. It's emergent storytelling done through game mechanics, which I, which I think is uh, really captivating. So Absolutely. it's it's 
And so that said, you know, Arkham Asylum is a, a very good example of a game that's completely guided, like Metal Gear Solid. The first one is a completely linear experience, if you think about it, and it's guided step by step as designed. So those are also some of my favorite games. Yeah. But you're right. So when you take it's a matter of preference. So like, you know, modern modern day design, like, you know, as I'm how to say as as I played games more and my taste has kind of like gotten different over time, I now prefer the more systematic approach to gaming rather than the linear guided uh method and design. That's true. Absolutely. No, I, I agree. I, I lean that way as well. And I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to Elden Ring. It's the that openness that, you know, like you I also I really like that it has missable content. Can I just say, say that part? Yeah, I, yeah. That's one of my favorite things is just like I when it comes to content, I love it. Missable content I think is is one of the things that people used to use as a as a as a curse word within development. Like, oh don't do that. That's missable. But I think it has so much value when you do encounter th- these little things, even if they're little things. You do encounter them and you're not like and you know that maybe someone else missed it it feels more valuable to you and then learning about them later that's valuable as well right oh wow that was a thing like no you know you're not disappointed about what you don't know you can't be but you could be like you know impressed or happy about what you do discover um so missable content i love missable systems not so much a fan of like especially if they're big core systems and that happened to me a couple of times so i think that that, yeah. that would be my main criticism of the game is that I actually played it in, in my from my perspective, hard mode because I didn't know about certain core systems that would have made it easier. But, you know. Including the game's tutorial, which I uh, yes. read that they patched. Yeah, they did. And I'm so happy that they patched it. And that should yeah. have been the default to begin with. Uh, yeah. Or rather, I still think that the level would have should have been designed in, in, in like inversely. Like, fall to skip the tutorial and go forward to go through the tutorial, I think would have been the more natural uh, way, but still, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I managed yeah. without it. I learned to dodge eventually and to parry eventually by pressing all the buttons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not, it's not ideal for sure, but like, uh, yeah, unfortunately there are many great games that don't spend a lot of time explaining this. Uh, onboarding in video games is something I think we, we can do better. Yeah. In, in many ways. But like also like you know our discussion is making me uh, thinking that I'm gonna definitely leave a lot more space between Elden Ring and uh, me going back to Horizon because I definitely want to go back to Horizon, but I want to play a couple of games in between to make sure that I have that difference in mindset. <laughs> I think you that's know, important. Otherwise, yeah, because I, otherwise I that struggle. would yeah. be difficult. Yeah, I did struggle. I struggled uh, a little bit at the beginning, but that that happens when games are somewhat similar but not similar enough you know like the you have your your user model is adjusted and it's hard to 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 adjust it again you know what i mean Um, yeah but yeah maybe some drastically different games in between in some time will allow you to just reset that user model and go go in fresh yeah yeah i agree so did you play anything else because you've been playing Uh, Elden ring i assume yeah, so the so you know I was on the road uh, for a long time, and like I said, I couldn't have access to my PS5. I'm only back to Stockholm for. I still have another trip I need to do before I come back and like settle in Stockholm for a while. So I was playing another game in in the meantime <laughs> before I go back to my PS5. Uh, I've been playing a game called uh, Weird West. 
I I downloaded that and I really wanted to try it. It ah, looks really cool. good. Uh, cool, Mason. Maybe someone like uh, telling you my experience about it will uh, encourage you to check it out. It's, uh, it's by a studio called Wolfi Studio, which as far as I know, it's a bunch of uh, ex-developers from Arcane Uh-oh. in Lyon, which is very incidental because I was in Lyon a couple of weeks ago. Huh. Um, so I think uh, it's, a, it's a medium-sized studio, around 20-ish people. Uh, one of them, uh, I think most of them are ex-Arcane uh, peeps. We worked on a bunch of things like long time arcane people, dishonored folk and stuff like that. And then they they they, they went indie basically and they worked on this game. Uh Weird West on its own. I don't know if, if you know, um it's uh, the the title is based on a genre that yeah. is called Weird West. Yeah. Weird Westerns. From a long time ago. Oh, so that, so that that is the part I didn't know. I knew the genre weird westerns, which is basically uh, a mix of sci-fi western, fantasy western, and uh, horror western, like all these alternate westerns. You yes. know what I mean? Kind of mixed, mishmashed together, and uh, they form this genre called weird west. Yeah, there was literally a comic book called Weird Western Tales, like from the Golden Era, like from a long. I think it was from the Silver Era of comic books, actually. Oh yeah. So I'm not sure if that's the source, but that's where I know. Like you know, there's a the, the famous most famous character from it is Jonah Hex. Um, mm-hmm. So if you've heard of any of the characters, it's probably that one. If you haven't, you know, you should look into it. It was a very cool genre, and, and like again, I'm not sure if it originated from comics, but that's where I first uh, heard of it. I love it. So I love DC, when things mix. DC, things basically, up. right? I think so. Yeah, I think it was DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jonah mm-hmm. Hex is DC. Yeah, so it's definitely DC. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, so the the title caught my attention, so I wanted to check it out, and then I was like, "Who made this game?" I was like, "Oh yeah, it's uh, those uh, those guys up in Lyon, and I think it's published by Devolver Digital." Uh, it just came out uh, last uh, last day of March, if I uh, like it, March April. So it just came out recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the game is is basically it's a role playing game uh, from an isometric perspective. Immediately once I started playing it, it gave me a little bit of Desperados uh, vibe. I don't mm-hmm. know if you played these games, but Desperado 3 I really enjoyed. Um, also similar to the Commandos games uh, back in the day. Yeah. Okay. In which, like, for a lot of a lot of areas, like, you need to kind of uh, infiltrate into uh, a castle, an outpost, something. Mm-hmm. And there's enemies on patrol in which you need to retrieve something, talk to someone or something like this. Like, you need to perform the objective of the, the mission. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you can either do it stealthily or go out gun blazing and deal with the consequences, so to say. Mm-hmm. So there's a there is an element of action to it. So, like, think of, like, what if Commandos was an RPG? Mm-hmm. You kind of get this interesting mixture. So I'm it's an um, isometric point of it, view. Huh? You walk <laughs> around kind of like, you know, Divinity style. You talk mm-hmm. to characters. You collect items and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, once you start combat or battle, you can engage by using the guns and weapons you would uh, use uh, or try to distract enemies or use props in the scene, similar as you would with a Commandos or a Desperados game. I'm super excited because I love, like, I, I, I played Divinity, I love Divinity, I played Commandos, love Commandos. Played, yeah. um, you remember the original Fallouts that were, like, isometric? and Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fallout yeah. 1 and 2, yeah. 1 and 2, yeah, I love those games. So, like, I, it's, it's definitely my cup of tea. I'm, and yeah. I love the, the theme too. So it's just nothing stopped me from playing it other than, <laughs> uh, you know, Elden Ring and then Horizon. <laughs> so it's probably yeah, next the, on the, my list. 
the theme the themes is good like it's interesting i, I don't think i played a, uh, a game in that setting before like a setting of weird west mm-hmm. but like i said it's hard to kind of check the desperados uh, feel because it has a lot of that vibe the cowboy vibe from this perspective and this type of gameplay yeah but uh, there's multiple characters that you roll apparently i did not know that like the characters i have uh, i think they're all bounty hunters nonetheless so you you get to you know collect bounties, uh, do the missions, explore the game story, buy items, sell items, uh, accumulate wealth, and like level up your character, get more abilities, get better weapons, level up your weapons, the whole shebang. Uh, there's an interesting mechanic I want uh, to note is that uh, things take time. Mm-hmm. So like uh, if you want to move from one part of the world to the other, this will take some time. If you want to move from one map to the other, it will tell you this will take 17 hours on foot or like, you know, two days on a horse or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you get some missions that says this mission or like, you know, there's this guy, they'll kill this guy in five days. Oh. And then you kind of need to respond to this mission in that uh, regard. So it's uh, there's a time pressure element. That is added to like bounties expire. You know the story mission has uh, uh, has consequence if you don't respond to it in time, and if you like decide to not buy a horse early on, you lose a lot of time by going between towns on on foot. Mm -hmm. Um, You get um, encounters that you can't escape if you're on foot, or you can might escape them if you're on horse. So uh, there's an element of time management Mm -hmm. that you have to balance as well as the the game itself. That's very interesting. and uh, the shooting itself is very similar to twin stick shooters. So Frami, <laughs> Frami was here probably appreciate this type of gameplay. Yeah. So um, I love uh, twin because stick I'm pla- shooters too. That's pretty cool. How do they do that um, with turn based? That's interesting. It's not turn based. Oh, it's not turn based. Okay, okay. That's okay. what I'm saying. So like oh. you know, uh, like imagine an RPG with an action based gameplay wow, that is I more that twin stick completely. shooter. That's incredible. Yeah. That's just my cup of tea. I'm super so think, excited to play. So, like you know, com- commandos or desperados—they're not—they're not, uh, they're not yeah, turn-based. You're right. you're right. I don't know yeah. why. Like in my, I remembered them being turn-based. Like you know, it's, I don't know how to. A, uh, a brain fart, I guess. <laughs> but like you mentioned that, I'm like, yeah, I've played those, but like I, I maybe, remember maybe them some of them like, do. Oh, maybe some know. of them do. But yeah, they think of it more like a, a twin stick action y Fallout 2. I think it's probably yeah. uh, the best way to think about it. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm super excited. It's pretty interesting. Uh, but you know, like uh, uh, the. There will be times of frustration in the game, and I think it's worth mentioning just because I think design-wise it's interesting to discuss. Because a lot of the elements of like going through the world is stealth, mm-hmm. and in uh, in stealth, there's a frustration that you know very very few games can balance. I'm not sure, so I'm not sure if there's a design issue that that has a fix, so to say. But everything is nice and dandy until you get discovered. And one thing it discovers, if things spiral out of control, right? Yeah. So um, you know, like you're you're like you know you're being you're being a badass. You know, you collect you like you're going behind the enemy, chopping them, hiding them in the bushes, doing everything so smoothly. Nobody's detecting you. You're feeling great. Then you do one wrong move, you get spotted, and then everybody starts shooting at you. You start running around shooting like crazy. Alarms set. There's more people. You get overwhelmed. And then you either escape or you reload <laughs> and try again, so to say. So like there's the almost the zero to one state of stealth games. 
you're either like hidden until you're not, and then like it's chaos. Mm. That is really uh, difficult to uh, to deal with, like that kind of frustration of like you know trying over and over again to remain detected, or just go like screw it, I'm gonna start shooting everybody, and then you start <laughs> shooting. Yeah. So the, there is that element of of that in which like uh, you you have to load a lot. <laughs> you know, like I'm constantly I'm constantly quick saving, reload, quick save, reload, yeah. quick save, reload. Every time I do something of uh, of worth, mm-hmm. I'm saving. Um, in this game, you can also recruit companions, mm-hmm. and these companions can permanently die. Okay. So if you screw up or you haven't saved close enough or if you got the quick save for whatever reason and then a shootout happens and for better or worse, you lost one of the characters, that's it, they're gone. And are these but like the, generic characters that are generated that you'll just find someone else who's similar and you just like the, the way their stats are rolled? Or are these like crafted story characters that if you lose them, you're missing out part of the story? There's a bit of both. There's a uh, bit of both. I think like uh, these characters have a bit of flavor to them, but they're all made in a way so that if they die, you can find someone else. Okay. And the game actually does a good job of telling you, like, if you lose uh, one of your comrades, no worries, you can always get another one. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not a it's not a big deal. But if you're the type of player that is like me, mm-hmm. then losing <laughs> losing one of your comrades is not an option. <laughs> <laughs> and it's RPG, so they also level up. Losing it, there is a negative side to losing them because you're gonna have to build someone else up from scratch like yeah. the, that's what i'm assuming right i i i think so i haven't lost one yet so uh. i'm not sure because <laughs> <laughs> i guess it's like uh. the um the xcom games which i absolutely love the the yeah. the, the new xcom games uh, and i really like the gears tactics one that came out as well that, that is similar where i really didn't want to lose anyone in my party but i yeah. like the way i play is i if it happens it happens i allow it to happen and it, it's like yeah. I move forward uh, with it. That way, it, it stings. <laughs> I remember that sting, and I'm much more careful when I approach the game going forward. But then I yeah. get really angry when it, I feel like I didn't have uh, enough knowledge to prevent it. Like, you know, there was an ambush. I didn't know if it would come, like, that it was going to happen. Didn't have enough information. I was being safe, and one of my people died anyway. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of part. It becomes part of the game, like you said. Emergent stories that just come up from the systems that are in play, but like it makes me feel real feelings, and that's a, one of the reasons when I play those games is I let it happen, right? And, mm-hmm. and I say that with a huge asterisk. There have been the odd time where I'm like, nope, not him. <laughs> I want him to survive. <laughs> I'm rolling back. I'm reloading. But in general, in general, I just like play it out. Uh, the problem with those games is like that's a negative feedback loop if you allow that to happen because the the more people die the mm. the new people that are come are going to be weaker uh in general because you have to level them up which means your next mission that you bring the weaker people on that you're leveling up the chances of someone dying is higher because you have the the you know the less power and you need to level them up to get them to the point where they were before so you have you don't have the option of only sticking to your strongest people right um, mm-hmm. so like it's 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 interesting the way they they set that up where the optimal way to play is to reload forever there's no advantage in playing it out uh the way it is you know what i mean i would be, I'd yeah. be interested to see if there's a game that actually did not the opposite but like that evened it out a bit that could yeah. be interesting 
that that is like you know an an interesting thing to to think about. But yeah, for the time being, I'm I'm reloading a bit. Um, the other thing I found like maybe me using the controller, maybe perhaps it plays differently on PC because I'd like to play these kinds of twin stick, which is I know it's ironic, it's twin twin stick, but I'd rather play them on PC. Maybe I played a lot of Diablo growing up, mm. but the 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 twin stick shooting, I had a hard time getting the precision that I want. Yeah, I see. Uh, so it was a bit uh, tricky. Like the 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 circular movement is almost too fast for me to be able to to grab the enemies. Too sensitive to my touch. I haven't I haven't fooled around with uh, with the settings. So maybe there's something to balance that. But if I like you know twist the right stick a little bit, it goes like you know almost 180. Hmm. So I found that a little bit uh, tricky to uh, like you know it uh, it was it was uh, it wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. The, the the shooting. Let's just say. I'm eager to give it a try and see if yeah. I feel the same thing. Um, and the last thing you can, you can kind of feel that it's um, a uh, a small team working on this game. I encountered a bunch of like uh, gameplay bugs. Like mm-hmm. you know, there were times when like I get to a place where a quest is supposed to trigger, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Or uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't be like up to small teams. They have to pick their battles of what they fix. Yeah. I, I reloaded. I reloaded, and then I went back again, and it uh, you know started normally. So it it you know in, in two sessions it happened enough for it to be noticeable. But at the same time, you know, small teams, you gotta pick what you're gonna fix. Exactly. So and the game just came out, so I imagine that they're fixing all of this they stuff, and it's it. it's coming out soon. So I wouldn't be too concerned about these things, but they were noticeable in my playthrough. But that's it. Like the game's good. It's interesting. It's different, and I like the theme a lot. Like I would like to see more of the theme. I have some quips with the with the visual uh, art style. Not that it's bad or anything, but in some areas it was really hard to see stuff. Mm-hmm. I really, yeah. I think there there's there's some work there on the visual visual style. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall you recommend generally. Oh, definitely worth checking out. Definitely a good game. Excited for it. That's going to be my next one. Yeah, would love to hear your take on it when you when you get to play it. I'm looking forward to it. it sounds like my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> so uh, I've watched a thing that I can ah. talk about. Uh, ah, I cool. watched a new Batman movie. Oh, I watched that the too. Batman. Yeah, you did. I, okay, I did. I did. What an interesting movie. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't know if it's what I expected or what I didn't expect. To be honest, I. Uh, I can't remember what my expectations were. I guess I was expecting dark and and grim, and I got that. Yeah, you definitely of, get that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the my I I won't say my fear, but my concern I, yeah. I would say is that I was worried that the the message that the movie before watching it that the message the movie was going to to put out is that um, movies are better uh, than comics like that we're not going to like you know we're going to do it differently we're not going to like pay Mm. tribute to the the uh the tones of comics or the the stories of comics uh that's what i'm always worried about when when tv shows or movies go dark and grim when they're based on a comic book that they're not going to respect the the um sub the 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 uh, source material but uh, that wasn't the case. And, and like, I want to say that people who think that, you know, to be dark and grim doesn't respect comics is they haven't read enough comics. There's plenty of comics that are especially Batman comics, but not exclusively that are really dark and grim 
and comics at the same time. So, but like, I still yeah. get that that feeling from a lot of movies that are like, oh, oh, take us seriously. We're gonna forget that we're based on a comic book. That that kind of mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that wasn't the case. This was done so well. Like from my point of view, it felt mm-hmm. like a really good comic book movie. Like what would Batman feel like if it like if it respected the source material and leaned on the parts that were like well suited for for a movie so i actually enjoyed it a lot um i don't know if you have anything to say about it but i have tons to say about it well, i'll keep too. it limited a, of course but i have a bunch as well so i uh, i like you i like the general tone of the movie quite a bit yeah i i like the the visual themes of it i i liked uh, robert Pattinson, yeah. is Pattinson. that his name? Pat- yeah. Pattinson. I liked I liked his take on Batman. I think it's probably one of my favorite Batmans. Actually, I think he was pretty good. I thought he was great. Uh, yeah, and I thought he had like this really unique take on Batman. He was this like you know emo Batman to yeah. some extent, like you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that like has, has a bunch of issues and uh, is not good at being the Batman just yet. Yes. It kind of reminded me of like you know year one uh, comics. Yes. Mm-hmm. When, when like, you know, Batman is still figuring stuff out and he gets, like, punched in the face a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like, outside of the suit, uh, he is, uh, like, the, this Bruce Wayne is different than any Bruce Wayne I've ever seen, in which, like, he's still, like, you know, he's got uh, issues. Yes. And, like, he's still, like, he's not mentally in a good space. Yes. And, and he's still trying to figure that out. Yes. I thought so- that was really interesting. I thought it was great. I would say that I have seen glimpses of this Bruce Wayne in other movies, but it's generally short-lived. Like even yeah. in, in the Nolans, like the, the, there's this moment where Bruce Wayne doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne and he's sulking, and then Alfred mm. snaps him out of it and tells you know, and then yeah. he, before the end of the movie, Bruce Wayne rebuilds himself, or rather, Batman rebuilds Bruce Wayne for what Batman yeah. needs, right? Yeah. And this wasn't the case in this movie, uh, like no. throughout. This like, was. This wasn't like, you know, Bruce Wayne is usually almost like uh, the Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Like yes. he's this uh, uh, media frenzy millionaire that is always uh, showing a public face. He's at these parties, the cocktail, like he's the the playboy millionaire type. Um, in this movie, that wasn't that Bruce Wayne at all. Yeah. And I found that to be a very interesting take. That it was, a, a you know, re- refreshing, let's say. That that take on on the Batman. Uh, like I said, I, I love the cinematography. I love the scenes. I uh, I know it's in a, it's in the I know it's in the trailer, but I'm not gonna mention much about the the villain just in case I spoil it. But I thought the villain acting was superb, probably the best. Uh, the one of the highlights of the of the movie was how 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 good the performance of the villain was. Across the board, I would say the performances were stellar. Like I can't mm-hmm. name one person whose performance was weak. Uh, yeah, know. true. Th- I agree. There were definitely. Highlights. I think. I guess that. Yeah, that stood out to me as yeah. a very interesting um, performance. Yeah, I, it was it was phenomenal. Like honestly, I remember the backlash when Pattinson was announced to be <laughs> the next Batman. He's great. And, yeah, I want to see more of him. Me too. Me too. This is this is the Batman. I agree with your first point. I I can't, I can't think of one of another Batman I thought did a better job. I mean, yeah, it's probably my favorite, or at least in my top two, three favorites. Yeah, 
sure. Even like even the Batman voice he does is believable and nice. Yeah. It's not like you know Christian Bale was a bit uh, cartoonish. So I am Batman. Like it's still a joke. <laughs> Um, whereas like even the Batman voice is still like yeah okay this is what I would imagine the Batman voice to sound like I, I'm I'm into this yeah it was phenomenal I really I do think it. though very, like you know as a criticism of the movie mm-hmm. I I, uh, I I thought it was too long yeah and I think it's too long because it uh, and not because of the time I spent in the cinema I'd gladly you know we, we're all Lord of the Rings fans here <laughs> but um, but I think the movie kind of crumbled under its own weight that there was there was so much story to tell mm-hmm. and even at the movie's uh, long run time i don't feel it did their story justice mm. it felt it felt a little bit unfocused to me that's interesting I, I didn't get the same impression of being unfocused i did feel it ran too long near the end like mm. my impression and this might be very controversial without spoiling it um i really felt like this could have been the batman where the bad guy wins it didn't need to mm-hmm. have a resolution that what like you know what i mean that that part at the uh, at the end where that doesn't happen i i think it would have it was it was not badly acted or badly choreographed or anything like that it was a really cool series of action scenes i don't think it, they were necessary especially mm. for the story that was that that made it feel less grim dark uh, and I think it could have been more like it could, like it would have felt better to me if it was more grimdark because that's that's the kind of story it was. Um, I see this as the beginning of a, of of a not a trilogy exactly, but a series of movies with Pattinson, and it would have been yeah. okay for him to fail, learn from fail, come back stronger. Um, so I yeah. don't think it needed the extra runtime uh, in that regard. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that might have been a very... That's an interesting, interesting point of view, yeah. But like I said, for me, I felt that, um, yeah, I think it. There's, there's been some plot lines that you could have removed and made the movie shorter and a lot more focused. Yeah. And uh, with the, the, it's, it's a shame that such a really well-crafted world and uh, imagery and cast um, would feel like, yeah, this is too long, I want it to end. Like, you know, it's, it's a shame that you'd have to feel like that in the middle of a pretty good movie otherwise. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, that's that's it. Still, like if you like Batman, it's still a movie worth checking out for sure. Yes, and speaking of things worth checking out, we oh. can move on to mail. What a that? segue! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for calling it out, as is our tradition. I have to call out the segue, of course. <laughs> So um, we have a few mail. We'll see which ones we have time to read. Um, I'll start with this one. This one's a little bit heavy uh, in terms of, of topic, but I think it's really important, so we should talk about it. Yeah. So we have a, an email from uh, Victor who says, I'm a hobbyist game developer working on a small project on my own. Uh, mm. Over the years, I've been getting more and more uneasy with playing and developing games that depict and have the player participate in military conflict. It came to a very intense boiling point since I have to call my family in Odessa, Ukraine every couple of days to see if they are all right since a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mm. Even going so far as to scrap all combat from my project because the thought of it in my work made me kind of sick. While trying to find examples in released games and, and games making tutorials, I got the impression that armed conflict is normalized to such an extent in our medium that it's sometimes hard to imagine games without it. 
Did you ever meet a situation where the ubiquity of armed and military conflict in games felt off or felt constraining in some way? So that's the well, question. Well, what a question. I know. Heavy, huh? Yeah. Very. So Very. I don't know if you want to go first or if you want me to go first. Uh, you can go first, Osama. So, uh, yeah. I felt this in a very real way. Uh, when I first started my career, um, I, I worked at a company that made military shooters and I was working on them. And uh, I was a junior uh, at the time and I just barely got that job by the skin of my teeth. And um, even though um, like those games specifically, uh, they, they, like, they villainized uh they misrepresented or villainized Arabs specifically and Muslims uh, more specifically as well. Like I, I should say there were, there was a lot of, they blurred those themes. Right. And it did not sit easy with me at all to see, to have that happen. Um, but it was, I was, you know, junior worried for my job, family to provide for and working so long hours. I didn't even have like the chance to apply elsewhere, if that makes sense. Uh, and eventually with time, I was able to build up uh, courage to make some small changes so that, like, at least it didn't villainize, you know, real world. I like the, the, that's the problem with me. Isn't it wasn't necessarily that it was Arabs or Muslims. It was like a real world setting. Um, so for me, that's my threshold. I know it's, it sounds bad, but like shooting robots, even to a lesser extent, shooting aliens who are clearly, you know, villainous. It's it's not the same as having. A game take place in a real world setting uh, and tell stories and take liberties and make those fun. Like I took a huge, uh, like uh, a huge uh, stance against Six Days in Fallujah when it was announced last year, re-announced after it was canceled and brought back because of that. It was a retelling of history and um, like for an event that happened not too long ago, where many of the victims are still like out, out and about, and um, like that—that's that's my line. I guess everyone has their own line, but that was my line that uh, that I, I just was super super unhappy about and uncomfortable with. Um, violence in general is is kind of a part of life. It's not that I that I think it's okay, but like having games that have violence, like I just played Elden Ring and it has a lot of violence that's not my 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 line that i draw like you know what i mean in the sand um it's really when it's real world when it's real world and you're starting to like that becomes indoctrination that becomes like we have to be very careful of the messaging and just I, it feels uneasy when you're taking real world conflicts real world situations and the goal is to make them fun which is a goal of most games that we make right it's for fun um i don't know if you have a different point of view fozy but yeah, that's that's when I I'm uneasy. That's really well put, uh, Osama. Depiction of violence or depiction of uh, uh, of these kinds of actions has been part of the artistic uh, uh, any any kind of artistic repre representation, whether it's music or or art or painting. And I don't think that uh, video games should be exempt from that. Like there should be the ability to be able to uh, portray different aspects of life within the different different mediums that they have uh, for what they are the artistic uh, or otherwise like I, I don't think that even real world events should not exist in games that's not even the 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 point i'm trying to make i'm just saying that games generally have 
uh, an intention behind it. Most of the time when we're making commercial games, the intention is to make them fun. Um, yep. Less so than to make like a, a you know a, like something culturally relevant or to make a, 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 a to tell a story or something like that. That's the part that yep. doesn't sit well with me. It, it's, it's if we're making an art game and the art game, the whole purpose of it was to make you feel from the point of view of someone in a real world event, and the game isn't about you know uh, fun gameplay loops or you know reward yep. mechanisms or something like that. That I mean, I, I might take offense to the specific message that's being given out but not the point that it's taking place in a real world uh setting whether violent or not it's that it's the marriage of like the violence real world setting and fun you know let's score points and like that's the part that does not sit well with me at all and i I think this is this is where we should always have the conversation and like realize where that line is drawn like when you play a game like civilization there are there is violence, so to say. Like there yeah. are armies that are marching on other armies, expanding mm-hmm. uh, territory, gathering resources, and all of that. And mm-hmm. at the same time, civilization has had a lot of positive yeah. impact in terms of like it uh, helped a lot of people know more about history yeah. through through the video game itself. So there is violence there, and like where that balance is is something that that we need to adjust. It's it's almost like the horror movie genre for its all it it basically glorifies gore to some extent um but i i don't think that uh the, the, you know that where the line is drawn where it, it uh, encourages violence is a different thing than depicts it in a within the medium yeah. there's always a line to be drawn i think but it's Absolutely. where the conversation needs to be constantly had 100 percent. like the, the the level of abstraction in civilization and the um topic you know it's history it's not something recent like th- those are things that lend it to like i'm, I'm totally okay with that that and, uh, most people are as well so definitely conversations and not just like black and white you know this is okay this is not uh victor yeah. I, I, I thank you for that question i thought it was an excellent question uh, and more yeah. so i really hope that your family and odessa is doing hope okay. your family is safe yeah. yes absolutely Hope your family is safe. I can't imagine what it's like to be in your in your shoes. I can't imagine to some extent, in fact, but it must be very difficult. I hope uh, they're all safe. Absolutely. Um, we can move on to another question. Yes. So this is a very different question. Um, so what do we have? We have a question from Mustafa. He says, like many people, I've been playing lots of Wordle over the past little while. I also got sucked into the variants where you have to solve multiple world boards with the same guess. There's Duordle, two boards, or Quartal, four boards, and others that have you solving 8, 16, or even 32 boards at once. I'm finding that the 16 and 32 board variants feel easier than, say, the original or the two board variant. I was wondering if you had any game design thoughts as to uh, on why that would be. And if I'm just an outlier and the difficulty does scale up as you add boards. So, and he says, Ramadan Mubarak at the end. <laughs> so, Ramadan Mubarak. You... <laughs> this is all you, Osama. I don't play Wordle or any of these games. So I don't well, I know can, how to answer that. I could definitely uh, jump in and answer that because I do play Wordle and I play Dwordle and Quartle. Uh, although I, I, I haven't really played them in a little bit of, of a while i lost one my first one after months of winning all of them and i didn't really feel like continuing after and since then i've only popped in once in a while uh, and the 
the thing is with Wordle, the way it works is that if you have a really good run, um, if you like write in a word and you, you get a lot of hits and you solve it, those are the ones that you, make you feel good, but not the ones you spend the most time on. The ones where you, you don't get a lot of letters and you're thinking and you're expending a lot of mental energy trying to figure out what the other letters are, those you spend more time on. And that does something to us psychologically where uh, overall you feel like Wordle is harder because uh, the time, you know, the overall time is spent mostly on the hard ones than the easy ones. While with the other ones, the Wordle, Quartle, um, there are way fewer moments. You have a lot more guesses, but there are way fewer moments where you don't have anything to work with. The more boards you have, the whenever you put in letters, you're going to get more hits. And because you're going to get more hits, you're, you're more actively trying to solve a, pro, a, a puzzle that has pieces other than just trying to guess blindly, like with Wordle when it goes bad. In my point of view, I think that's why you get the impression overall uh, that it's easier to do the the ones with a lot of boards and the the other ones because you just have more hits, right? You're 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 constantly doing a thing. It's like a puzzle with a lot of pieces, and you're act even though it takes you longer over time, you're actively noticing patterns. When you have puzzles with fewer pieces, um, if you get stuck on those, you're just stuck, and the time feels like it slows down. Uh, that said, like that's that's also one of the reasons that with Quartal or Dwartal it feels easier. It's because you're you're more actively doing good things, you know, like connecting things together. Uh, so to me, it's mostly, I think it feels more like an impression uh, than fact. I would love to see the data to see if it backs it up. But um, I have pretty much the same win rate with Wordle, Dwordle, and Quordle. Like they're, like I, I, I get, I, I'm about as good in all of them. Um, the Wordle, they tend to be more extreme. Like I either get it in like two, three guesses, or like I, by the skin of my teeth. With the others, they're more normalized because there's so many avenues that you could take. Um, they tend to, to be more near the middle, but it, like I barely have a, uh, any dwarves or quartos where I, I could guess them in four, for example, like that's never happened. Um, they, they tend to be more normalized, but I think that's just the nature of having more uh, options at a time that are floating around. Uh, yeah, I'd be very curious to see the data behind it to see if that's actually the case or not. A lot of it is just psychology, if that makes sense. It's so funny for me when you say the names of these games, Quartal, Dordal, it <laughs> almost feels like a joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Dordal 2, Quartal 4, like it's the, the Latin-based thing. The, yeah, yeah, I get if it. You, if you abstract them, they sound ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just the way you say them all in a row it just sounds funny to me. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're. I think that's that's it for today. We have more you know emails but i think we could wait until next week to bring them back what do you think sounds good man yeah sounds good let's put a doily on it let's put a doily on it all right everyone thank you very much send us more emails we're super happy to receive them come to our discord we have the friendliest people we love you very much and salam salam